Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. I'm really excited about today's message because uh, this was kind of my inspiration point for the whole series um, of musical chairs, and that's the story of Joseph from the Old Testament. I call today's message called, clothed, and covered. Let's start with Genesis 37 from the message, and then we're going to go Romans chapter 5. We're going to be off and running, okay? Here we go. Genesis 37 says this, verse 2. This is the story of Jacob. The story continues with Joseph, 17 years old at the time, helping out his brothers and herding the flocks. These were his half-brothers, actually, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. And Joseph brought his father bad reports on them. So Joseph was a, Joseph was a narc. Um, let's just be honest with it. He wasn't your favorite brother because he was the tattletale of the family. Number three, verse three. <clears throat> Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he was the child of his old age. And he made him an elaborately embroidered coat. Some of you heard about it. When his brothers realized their father loved him more than them, they grew to hate him. They, would even, they wouldn't even speak to him. Joseph had a dream. Verse 5 kind of uh, sets this apart now. Joseph sees something. I would call it a vision of chair one, okay? <clears throat> Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. They hated him because he dreamed of power and authority and influence over his brothers and his family. And they didn't appreciate that, as your brothers and sisters wouldn't appreciate it if you were that way, okay? Skip down to verse 23. It says, when Joseph reached his brothers, he was sent out to see them in the field. They ripped off the fancy coat he was wearing. This is part of the story today. Verse 31, they took Joseph's coat, butchered a goat. Sounds like like a Dr. Seuss version of a... They took his coat and butchered a goat, and he ran in a boat. No. They took Joseph's coat, butchered a goat, and dipped the coat in the blood. They took the fancy coat back to their father and said, We found this. Look it over. Do you think this is your son's coat? He recognized it at once and said, My son's coat. A wild animal has eaten him. Joseph torn limb from limb. Romans 5 says this, verse 17, For if by the one man's offense, Adam, death reigned through the one, much more, say much more, much more, more, those who receive an abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Let's pray one more time. Father God, we ask you to open the eyes of our heart today. Let my message and my preaching not be be with the enticing words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we give you the service. Whatever you want to say, do. We ask you to come and do it. We ask you for divine interruptions. Whatever you want to do, we break distractions, but we ask for your presence to always flow and interrupt us with whatever. I cast aside my agenda and lay it down for yours. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. 
Anyway, glad you're here today. We can survive if, if Mercy City Church in Lincoln, Nebraska can have church. They, they said it's four degrees in Lincoln and we're calling it a heat wave. <laughs> because it was 30 below last week temperature-wise and 50 below in, in the field temperature. Craziness, craziness, craziness. Um, last week we started giving more definition to the difference be, differences between, between chair one, two, and three. If you weren't here, please look at that online. It's available for you anytime. Chair one, we said, is the aspiration, the desired goal. Nobody lives in it full time except Jesus himself. But you can grow into chair one as a lifestyle of victory and as a habitation. The Bible says that we are a habitation of God, not a visitation of God. We are a habitation of God. That's the intended result, that the Holy Spirit coming to live in us. The Bible says he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So his spirit lives in you. Thank for that. Thank for that. Amen. Please respond today. You got you to break out of your frozen chosenness today, okay? We used to say when I was in the Presbyterian church, many are cold, few are frozen. But anyway, the reality is that chair one is the aspiration. Chair two is about complacent religious rituals without much relationship or revelation. In chair two, you can become bitter and critical of everyone else around you. If you sit in here, you just point the finger at chair three, and you point the finger at chair one, and you think you're superior, and you're just not. You become critical. Nobody needs a critic. And I think Joseph, in the story, is uh, he's in a relationship with God. He's having God dreams, but he's still, he, he ain't sitting where he's supposed to sit. That's why God gives him a dream of a chair of authority, a throne of authority, a place like that. Um, how many have noticed that this year we've kind of had a real winter? You know, this, is, this has really been a cold day today. Um, it's helped me in some ways. Cause it's, it's real ironic. I'm a Florida boy, been here since I was six years old, but I like coats. I really like coats. I have a whole closet of coats that I never get to wear. So today I got to wear a leather jacket, and it, was, it felt nice. Now, I can't wear it in here, or else we would turn the air down so much the rest of you would freeze. So I can't do that. Um, but coats in Scripture represent callings and coverings of protection and the favor of God. Coats in Scripture, mantles. Like the one passed from Elijah to Elisha. Elisha said, uh, I, I want what you have. I want that spirit, the same spirit that's on you. And Elijah said to him, if you can catch the coat when it falls, you can catch the anointing. My old pastor used to say, the anointing is much more caught than taught, which is a problem if you're in a place where there's only teaching and no Holy Spirit flow. You can, the anointing is caught, not just taught, okay? It's impartation. I want to expand the three chairs illustration this week to kind of include a, a comparison in the coats in the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. This is my inspiration piece a few uh, weeks ago, a couple months ago now. I was listening to Brandon Lake's uh, song, The Coat of Many Colors. Some of you have heard it. It's on the radio now. I'm gonna, we're going to play it at the end of service on the way out the door. Can't play it now or... Uh, Facebook cuts us off and won't play us because we're, they, they think we're in copyright violation and we're just not. We pay, we pay money to play Christian music, whether it's the team or whether it's on, but Facebook has some kind of crazy thing to try to censor everybody that's doing that. So 
Out of that, we'll wait till we turn off the uh, stream in a few moments. Those of you at home, we invite you to uh, listen to the song for yourself, Coat of Many Colors. One of the great lines that hit me was, as Joseph, is, it's, a, it's Joseph singing the story basically in Brandon Lake. He said, I was lying in a pit, but I'm walking the palace now. I was lying in a pit, but I'm walking the palace now. I'm seated together with him in heavenly places. I'm not just my own. I've been bought with a price. And I didn't, he didn't buy me and purchase me just to go to heaven when I die or to sit in some religious, judgmental, critical chair of everybody else while I'm here on the earth. He saved me to do something, to accomplish, to reign and rule with him, to be his vessel, to be his hands and feet on the earth. We said that chair three... I would describe it as a, a chair of surviving. Chair two is a chair of striving. And chair one is the chair of thriving. And that's God's best for you. Don't let anybody steal it from you. That is God's best for you. He wants you to thrive in this life, not just in heaven when you die, not just for eternity, but the Bible says he gives everlasting life. That is not just, that doesn't begin when your body quits. That begins the moment that Jesus Christ comes into your heart and you receive him by faith and you come into that relationship. And that relationship is a growing relationship. It is not a, it, it, it's dynamic, it's not static. It's, it's always, it's either growing or shrinking. It's just like, it's just like the best relationships around you. Your, your spouse, if you're a married person, or you're in a family where you have kids or grandkids or your parents around, whatever. Relationships are not static. They're fluid. They're, they're dynamic. You have to invest in them because otherwise the moment you start mailing in, you start going backwards. And so we have to keep that in mind. There's no more, there's no person more frustrated with their lives than Christians who spend most of their lives sitting in chair two. Chair two is a chair of limitations, walls up, hurt, settling for less than God's best. And so it's frustrating because you, you get in this loop of pain and hurt. And the more you hurt, the more you put the walls up. And the more you put the walls up, the more you hurt. And we've all been there. That's why I say this is, this, is the, this is what we're reaching for, but nobody spends their life in this chair. It's the goal. It's the aspiration. It's God's best for you, but we're human too. And so things in life try to pull us backwards, try to pull us down, try to pull us back, try to pull us out of relationship with God. Chair one is the place of reigning with Jesus. It's a throne of grace. Hear me, it's a throne of grace. Why is that different? Because it's not something you earned. It's something you received by faith. It is by grace through faith. How do we approach the Bible? How does the Bible say we're supposed to approach the throne of grace? Like beggars? Like, like, like wor I'm a worm. I'm so wretched. How could you love me? That's not what the word says. The word says, let us come therefore boldly before the throne of grace. When you approach, listen, I, I, I love my five grandkids so much. 
But five grandkids have reminded me of the fact that they don't like limitations. So when they, were, when they were little babies, starting with Cole, who's now taller than I am at 14 and a half, and uh, starting with him, I, you know, you find ways to play with your kids and your grandkids. And so I play this game called Sandwich. Sandwich is in, in Papa and Gigi's bed, there are pillows, uh, a bunch of pillows, and we put a, a pillow on the bed, the top of the bed, and then somebody goes into the, the, the pillow, on top of the pillow, and you are either ham, turkey, roast beef, but you're the meat. And then we pretend to put all kinds of cheese and everything on you, and then we put another pillow on the top, and then we tickle you while we eat the sandwich. Okay, so that's just Papa's game. I think I invented it when my first, when my son was born 40 years ago. And, uh, and, and just to try to, to try to get him laughing and do something. And it kind of became the, a family thing. Well, here's the problem. Most of the time, Papa and Gigi's bedroom is off limits to grandkids. You think that impresses them? Do you think that they obey that rule? Three-and-a-half-year-old Kylan, our youngest, little Kylan Kennedy, she, when she wants to play sandwich, she just says, Papa, it's time for sandwich. <laughs> and I say, well, we're not going in there now. We're watching football or whatever we're doing after lunch. <laughs> we're, I'm not in there. I'm out here where there's a TV. No. Papa, I'm going to get on the bed and get on the pillow, and I'm going to be the ham. I said, well, you are a ham. (laughs) Why does she feel that way? Because of our relationship. She's my granddaughter, and she knows that we're close and that we have that kind of relationship. So no matter what we say, we close the door on Sunday afternoons because we're going to have a nap later. She didn't care a closed door. She didn't care a locked door. She'll find a way to get in that room because she wants to play sandwich boldly before the throne of grace. The point is, in the family, the, the kingdom language is a family language. It's a, it's a family dynamic. That's why it's so great to be able to show some things in the life of Joseph. This is a real family. They had real family issues. There was sibling rivalry. It was a dysfunctional family. It was a broken home in the sense of he had a bunch of half-brothers and a half-sister. He didn't just have, he had only had one fully blood brother, Benjamin. Understand that Joseph has started experiencing God's dreams as a teenager, Not, not flaky weird. Let me say, there are some people that have more dreams than Moses. And, and I just want to say, in the modern world, I'm just saying to you, the difference between flaky weird and a God dream is who does it glorify? If it glorifies you, it's probably, it's probably your flesh. It's probably a pizza dream or a Chinese food too late at night dream. Okay? But what happens is that if you're going to glorify God, if God is giving you a dream, it's never to, make, it's never to set you up to be the grand poobah of the world. It's, it's, it's to set you up to give you a platform to point to him. 
to glorify him. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's what the ancients wrote. Joseph's story shows the preparation for the palace. There's a preparation. Listen, I always say if preparation E and F don't work, you got to use preparation H. Through Joseph's life, we see that every challenge in life becomes part of your training ground for ruling and reigning with Christ from chair one. Somebody just got the joke. Anyway, that's good. Thank you. (laughs) 2 Timothy 2.11 says this. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, if we're born again, if our old nature, our old sin nature is dead, if we died with him, we shall also live with him. And if we endure, we shall reign with him. Every area that you endure and you conquer, you come into this new seat of authority. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 2, to him that overcomes Jezebel or that, that usurping spirit trying to steal authority, to him I will give authority over the nations. When you overcome something, you have authority in that area that you didn't have before. Are you hearing me? You didn't earn it. It's a gift. It's grace. But, you, but when you overcome and you make it through, you receive a reward. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the three chairs, I want to just kind of mix the metaphor here with four coats. Okay, four coats. Because in Joseph, Joseph's life, every time God gives him a coat, every time God gives him authority, chair one, Forces try to pull him back to cut off his relationship with God. And we have to understand it. Number one, the coat of many colors. Most of you know the story. This is favor from his earthly father, but as God working through him. The moment he receives the coat of many colors, he experiences rejection from his earthly family. Literal abandonment. He's thrown to a pit. He's, he's, they, they were going to kill him, in fact. There's total betrayal. Have you ever been betrayed? That's what Joseph feels like. He's been betrayed by the ones that were supposed to love him. In the song by Brandon Lake, he says, sometimes your biggest enemies are your own brothers, your own sisters. You have to be so careful just to keep your heart right. They stole his beautiful coat. When, when they attacked him and decided to kill him is what the plan was originally, if you read the story. They strip him of his coat. They strip him of his authority. They strip him of that mantle. Take his calling. Dad, dad, dad shouldn't love him any more than he loves us. And which is, in truth, you shouldn't love one of your kids more than the rest. But if you want to buy one a prettier coat, you can Right? If you want to buy one a nicer coat, you can do that. But you have to understand that the favor here is the favor of God, not just the favor of man in the story. He's uncovered and placed in a pit, sold out by his brothers, and they plan to kill him until something happens. God gives one of them an idea. Let's not kill him. Let's make money off of him. Here's some... Egyptians, Egyptian guys going, uh, they're headed to uh, uh, see their chiropractor. Anyway, that's a, Egyptians, 
I'm sorry, I know that joke sphinx. They heard about a pyramid scheme. How about that? Anyway, so. Anyway, they decide to make a profit off of him. And they sell him into slavery instead of killing him. Now, how many of you know slavery is bad? Dead is worse. Okay? Dead is worse. So they get this idea to at least spare his life. Isn't that interesting? Genesis 39, children, read this. This is when he's sold into slavery. The coat of many colors is gone. And the Lord, verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Remember I told you a few weeks ago on Christmas, the Lord is with us. He's with us. Look how God is with The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Mind blown for one second here. How many would understand... <laughs> Nobody thinks you're successful if you're being sold into slavery and set up on some slave auction block in your birthday suit and being sold as property. But God was with him and he said he is a successful man. Why? Because at that point, he didn't allow the bitterness of what his brothers did to him. He was still okay inside because of God. Are you hearing me today? The Lord was with him, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He was bought by a man named Potiphar. They called him Potty for short. Anyway, and his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made made all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in sight of Potiphar and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So the Bible basically teaches this, that Joseph now, he's, he comes in as a slave, but everything, every job he was given turns to blessing. Everything he was given, everything he touched turned to gold, everything, and it got his master's attention. He says, this guy, I'm going to make him my administrator. I'm going to give him, and he gives him a coat as his administrator. So number two is the coat as Potiphar's administrator. He is now the chief slave. He may be a slave, but he's the boss of all the other slaves. He's, 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 he's basically running the household. He's taking care of everything. Potiphar is a captain of the guard, and he, he works for Pharaoh. <clears throat> and so Joseph is basically in charge, and the whole house gets blessed. Let me just say as an interjection here. When you're anointed of God and you're keeping your heart right, even if you've been mistreated at work, they're going to get the overflow of your blessing. It's more important, it's equally important that you are at that job for your benefit. It's equally important for other people's benefit. Because if the Lord is with you, then the flow of his spirit is over you, on you, and the favor of God is all around your office. So be aware of that. They're blessed to have you. Now, don't, I'm not saying, go. My, my pastor said yesterday at church that, if I, that you're lucky I'm here today. That's it. You're, you're, my pastor told me to tell you, no, I did not. Okay? You're going to find your way to another job if you do that. I'm saying be humble. But I'm saying you need to carry that inside of you. You need to carry that inside of you, a confidence that you're in the right place at the right time and that there's an overflow of God's goodness on your life 
for your life and through your life. Not because of anything, but because of his grace. So he gets divine favor from the heavenly father. I would say this, always try to keep a good spirit and see what God does. Try to stay, try to stay. Don't let that bitterness get on you. Even if you've been mistreated or falsely accused or attacked or somebody is, somebody is behind the scenes talking about everybody else in the office. Don't get involved in office politics. Remember my definition of politics. In this election year, remember, politics is basically two ancient words. Poly meaning many and ticks, which means blood-sucking insects. <laughs> Stay out of politics. Stay out of politics, okay? Don't get involved in office politics or office banter that way. Here's the point. Joseph always rose to the top of every situation and so will you. Joseph, because of God, in him, on him, every time something's going on, no matter what happens, if he keeps his heart right, he keeps being elevated to chair one. Are you tracking me coats and chairs? Are we okay with talking about coats and chairs? I want to freak you out. But that's, this is how I saw it from the beginning. This is how the whole thing popped in my spirit two, two three months ago. Joseph wrote it to the top of every situation. He didn't, it didn't always look like it. He was set up for sin by Potiphar's wife. And Potiphar's wife thought he was handsome, he was young, and she wanted him and tried to seduce him. She wanted him and she set him up and when on one day when nobody else was around, she seduced him when he was in there fixing up the bedroom and she grabbed his coat and you know the story. He runs out of the room and he leaves his coat. Now she uses his coat as false evidence. See, this is proof he was in our bedroom. This is proof. And, be, and, and the very thing he would not compromise on, he's imprisoned for. He's falsely accused. How many know God will defend the righteous. It may take a while, but the truth will always prevail. If you're, if you're being lied about right now, it, then hang on, honey, because I'm telling you, the thing's gonna turn in your favor, but you gotta believe God and keep your heart right. Don't, don't curse the other people around you. Trust him and keep moving forward. There are spiritual assignments of hell, demonic assassins from hell, they keep trying to drag you back sometimes at chair two and three, life without God. But God's covering keeps drawing you to chair one destiny. Joseph winds up in prison, convicted of a crime he did not commit. You might think that's the end of the story, but it's not. It goes on many chapters in the book of Genesis. He goes to prison and the Bible says he found favor in the eyes of the warden because they gave him a prison job like everybody else had. And, and that area got blessed. And then he kept his heart right and he helped somebody else and that got blessed. Next thing you know, he's given a coat. As the warden's trustee, he becomes the chief prisoner and he's basically administrating the whole prison system and the whole place is blessed and the warden totally has to do anything because Joseph is there and he's so thankful. The favor of God quickly promoted him again. Are you seeing the pattern here? Every time somebody takes his coat and tries to get him back here, he just serves here until he gets over here. He just faithful. 
He's trusting. He keeps his eyes on the Lord. We find out at the end of the story, he didn't allow bitterness. He could have, at any point, if you allow unforgiveness and bitterness to take you over, you're done. You're, you're chair two forever. You're chair two. As long as you let a root of bitterness, Hebrews, Hebrews says, if you let a root of bitterness spring up, it will defile you. You choose forgiveness before you feel forgiveness. You need to write that down. You choose forgiveness before you feel forgiveness. The feeling may take a long time, but you choose to forgive. You choose to release. You choose to let God be the judge. And in that, he gets this warden's trustee coat. He's got this new coat. He's got, he, he might, everybody else might be wearing orange jumpsuit. His is purple and, 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 and magenta or something. He's got a fancy, fancy suit there. He's promoted. Winds up in the prison, has a conversation. Two of the king's, two of Pharaoh's staff are thrown into prison with him. I forget if it's the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, but it's like, I think it's a baker and a wine, wine taster. Now, the wine taster is basically the guy who protects him from poison. So he's got, that's going to be a trusted position. And so on the same night in jail near Joseph, they have a dream. They each have their own dream. And the next day they compare this. Well, I had a dream. It's very vivid. They tell Joseph, he says, well, God is the one who interprets dreams. Tell me your dream. They tell him the dream. <clears throat> he says to, uh, I think it's the baker. He says, he says, oh, you saw bread rising. You saw this. He's going to restore you in three days and you're going to be back to work and everything's fine. Great. So the, so the, the, the wine taster says, ooh, you, you gave a good word to him. <clears throat> Here's my dream. Joseph said, ooh. <laughs> yeah, you're, he's going to call for you too. But uh, you're, 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 you're done. And three days later, both those things happen. And the only thing Joseph says to the baker says, baker says, how can I ever repay you? I'm getting out of here. He says, please tell Pharaoh about me. The Bible says two years go by and he forgets. Don't you hate it when people let you down? Somebody's supposed to be the one to open a door for you, whatever, and they just completely forget about you. But God didn't forget. Two years go by. Two years. Pharaoh has a dream and mentions it in front of the, the baker. And he says, he says I, and, and, and the baker goes, oh, I could have had a V8. I, 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 I can't believe this. I, I forgot to tell you something, O king. There's a guy in prison who interprets dreams from God. And exactly what happened with me and the, and the other guy, it, it happened just like he said. And Pharaoh says, bring him to me. Bring him to me. My friends, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. And if you'll help other people with their dreams, God will help you with your dreams too. If, you, if you'll help other people with their dreams... If they're of God, God will help you fulfill your dreams. God will get you to that place that he said. We believe in something here called optimum yield, which means no matter what happens, God is going to put you in the best possible position to be in chair one <clears throat> without any self-promotion. Leaders who pass the character test will rise to the top. You'll have the best possible 
For a while, Joseph was forgotten. He felt forgotten, and he was forgotten. Once again, rejected and abandoned by men, but never abandoned by God. Trust him. Keep your eyes on him. Because what happens is the fulfillment of the dream originally when he's 17 years old happens when he's 30 years old. 13 years, he goes through all kinds of stuff. Let me recap for you. For 13 years, he winds up in a pit until he's shown God's favor where they're going to kill him, but instead they let him live. Then he's purchased as a slave. Instead of dead, slave is better than dead. God's favor shows up. He's promoted to Potiphar's right-hand man. False accusation, take his coat. He goes to prison. God's favor shows up. He becomes a trustee in the prison and becomes the administrator. He's, he interprets these prophetic dreams, but he's forgotten for two years. Two years. God's favor is promoted. Pharaoh comes in. He interprets the dreams for Pharaoh. And he says, and God through the dreams gives Joseph a key to a whole economic system. When the world's going to go into collapse, we don't know he studied economics. He didn't, he didn't. He's anointed. He's empowered by God. And the Bible says he has a whole economic plan for Egypt to prosper and take the years of prosperity and store up so the years when they won't be prospering, the skinny cow years in the dream, that, that, that the whole world will end up coming to them and buying from their stockpile and their resources. His promotion not only saves his entire family, it feeds the nations. So when I say God gives you a dream not to do something for yourself, God used him, but he saved life. That's what the Bible says. He winds up number four with his final coat, the coat of Pharaoh's authority. The coat of Pharaoh, he's, he becomes Pharaoh's prime minister. He receives a comprehensive economic strategy, propels Egypt to a world superpower. He saves the lives of millions of people by administrating God's plan. He used his seat of authority for forgiveness instead of vengeance. Because when his brothers come begging for food, and he recognizes them. They don't recognize him at 30. He's got a long beard now. They look at him. He now speaks fluent uh, Egyptian as well as understanding their Hebrew conversations. He talks to them. And when he reveals himself to them, he says, guys, it's me. It's me, Joseph. Let me read you a scripture. Genesis 50, 20 says this. But as for you, he tells them, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Life works best when God is first. Your life works best when it's in chair one. Your life works best when you're fulfilling the dreams that God has given you. I read something recently from Jensen Franklin, the pastor up in Georgia. He said, love like you've never been hurt. You've got to get to a place where you love like you've never been hurt. And it hit my spirit. Love like you've never been hurt. It's a choice. You've got to understand that at that moment when he's finally promoted and Joseph gets it, he understands, he realizes God's timing and God's plan were better than his. Amen? God's got you covered. He's got you covered with his coat. He's got you covered, healed from rejection and abandonment. 
He's got you covered no matter what you're going through. Isaiah 61.10, Isaiah writes this in message. I will sing for joy in God, explode in praise from deep in my soul. Why? Because he dressed me up in a suit of salvation. He outfitted me as a, in a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom who puts on a tuxedo and a bride, a jeweled tiara. God's got you clothed. He's got robes of righteousness for you. He's got a coat to cover you. Just as when the prodigal son returns, the father's first response when he says, I'm not worthy to be called your son. He said, bring the royal robe and bring me a signet ring to put on his finger. Two signs of authority. I love God's promise. The word says, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He will put a cloak on you of zeal for his house. He's got your six. He's got, he's, he's got your backside covered. He's your rear guard. He's going to cover you from stuff you can't even see coming. My takeaway this week is simply this. Don't let anyone steal your coat and pull you out of chair one. Even if you're in a pit today, even if you're in a prison today, a prison of lies, a prison of false accusations, or a prison of addiction, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You can finish well. No matter where you start, you can finish well. Because of him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. We ask you, Lord, to elevate people. To move people from where they've been trapped or stuck. And to move them into that place of authority in you. Lord, your word says that you, Jesus, have conquered the world. You you conquered it. And you gave us your authority. You said in your name we have power over demonic forces we have power to 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 flow in the in the language of heaven we have power over all the powers of darkness we have power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us thank you lord for anyone that feels trapped today that hears the sound of my voice maybe you're watching at home maybe you're in a hotel room right now and you're watching our online campus i want you to know that god loves you And he hasn't given up on you. You may have been in a pit. You may have been forgotten for two years. Somebody was supposed to open a door for you. And they completely forgot. God has a way. God has a way. In his time, they will remember. In his time, if if they were the ones supposed to do it, they will remember. And if they won't, God will raise up another that will elevate you, that will promote you, that will take you to the next level. I want to pray for you right now in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today. If you don't know Jesus, that's the, that's the getting on place. That's the place where you pass from death to life. That's the place where Jesus comes, becomes Lord of your life and you're in relationship with him. You can know him today beyond a shadow of a doubt if you respond to him and say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to know you. When the Bible says God wants us to seek him, one of the things it means is he wants us to desire him. He wants to be desired. 
desired. We want all kinds of stuff. God just wants you to want him first and most and best. If you'll do that today, he'll meet you right at your point of faith. And if you're stuck in a pit or a prison today, quit blaming everybody else. Quit blaming everybody else's deal. Put your eyes on Jesus. Ask for help of the Holy Spirit. And he'll take you to the palace, ruling and reigning with Jesus. You can finish well, no matter how you started. In Jesus' name, amen. You receive that today? Yeah, well, now, yeah, give God glory today. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you. 